Thank you very much, Luke. Wow. James, next week we're going to get your photo on the screen, and it's going to be an old one from your Facebook profile, and extra embarrassing. Um, so, hello, people. My name is Luke. Um, I'm not sure I do that much gardening, actually, but um, I'm on the youth team. I work with Leah. Well, can we have a cheer? Come on, people. That's pretty pathetic, but I'll do. Um, I work here with Leah. Um, and we've got a youth weekend away coming up next weekend, which is incredibly exciting. Um, if you've ever considered uh, whether you might want to spend time with young people, support young people in their discipleship, or just have some fun on a Friday night, then you should come and speak to me or Leah and join the youth team. That is a plug for the youth team. I have the, uh, the option to do that, and so we're going with, with that. And so anyway, um, cracking on with what we're talking about tonight, um, I am going to recap some of that story um, and then actually get into the topic. So in the story, this starting with the second half there, um, you've got this story of a king, um, and the parable says this story represents the kingdom of heaven. And so you have this um, king who's decided he needs to settle his accounts, um, get back what he's owed by different people. And so one of the people brought to him is this servant, and this servant um, owes him an enormous amount of money. They owe 10,000 gold talents, which apparently is equivalent to kind of billions of pounds in today's money. Um, it's a huge amount. I don't know how one person could owe that amount of, mo owe that amount of money. It's kind of Liz Truss scales of debt. Um, but <laughs> so this is not going to be political. Um, but <laughs> anyway, one person owes this amount. And um, yeah, he, he can't repay. He says, the king, give me more time, give me more time. And the king t has compassion for this guy and um, eventually says, you know what, I cancel this debt, you're forgiven. Um, and so this servant goes off. But then this servant encounters someone who owes him, him money, way less than he owed the king. Um, and this servant doesn't forgive him. He refuses. And then when the king hears about this, he puts the, the first servant in jail. He gets so angry, he's put in jail. Um, and then the parable ends with a wonderful warm message of, and therefore, the same will happen to you if you do not forgive, <laughs> which is a challenge. Um, and so tonight we're talking about forgiveness. We're talking about f fixing relationships, um, which is a topic that I feel wholly unqualified to talk about. Um, I am a naive 24-year-old who has had some life experience, but ultimately not a lot of life experience. Um, and there are people who probably know a lot more of me about this than I do. Um, also, I want to acknowledge that this is a messy topic. Um, forgiveness is not really a joke or that funny and I acknowledge there are people in this room where this is a painful topic um, and I have no intention of dredging pain or anything like that um, but I also believe that forgiveness is core to being a Christian it is for, core to following Jesus um, and that ultimately um, the Holy Spirit will help us in forgiving people who we find unforgivable so, um, when I was given this passage by Sam Watson um, about the king particularly, I had read this story before, and I thought, um, I was fairly happy I got this passage actually, because it is quite, uh, what I thought is it's quite a simple passage. Um, and the king, kind of, you've got a guy who gets forgiven by a king, and okay, so therefore he should go, go forgive everyone else, and the king is God, and we're the guy who gets forgiven, and say so we should forgive everyone else, end of the story, nice one. Um, but then the more I've read it, and the more I've tried to listen to other people's teaching on it, and work out what is actually going on here, there have been a few things that have come up where I've really... Um, had to think again about, actually, there's some stuff here that seems to contradict some core messages of the Bible. Um, number one is the king forgives this servant, and then because the servant doesn't do a certain thing, the forgiveness gets taken away, as if somehow the king's forgiveness was conditional on you have to go and forgive. And if you don't go and forgive, 
then I'm going to retract my forgiveness. And like, we know from the rest of the Bible, this is not what God does. There's grace and we get forgiveness undeserved. And yet this passage, there's some weird thing going on in here. Um, And then also verse 33, James, if it's possible to put that one back up, that would be great. Um, Verse 33, um, after the parable's gone through, the king says, so shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? And initially when I've read that, I thought, yeah, sure, it makes sense. Like, you've been forgiven, you go forgive someone else. That's quite fair. Um, There's something about passing that on to other people that makes sense. But then actually, as I've gone into it and gone into it, it's kind of, actually, why? Like, why why does this king expect that the servant should forgive? Because this king didn't say, I will forgive you if you go forgive other people. The king has just said, you're forgiven. Like, why is it, it's the, king's, why is it the king's business that this servant has gone and forgiven someone or hasn't gone and forgiven someone? And so I get to this question, and actually, I'm like, I, I don't think they should have to forgive anyone. What is the actual reason in this? Um, is it just that, oh yeah, there's some message of we should go treat others nicely. Somewhere else in the Bible, Jesus talks about a good Samaritan and says, go and do likewise. Is that, what, is that the reason that you should go, that the fellow servant should go and forgive? Um, and so I've dug down into that, and um, the best t- teaching that I've come across, the best idea that seems to make sense of, the, sense of that is um, that what Jesus is talking about here in this whole parable is the consequence of having an unforgiving heart. Um, which is not an idea that's come from me. Tim Keller gets credit for this, um, but he's a Jesus wise guy, and so I trust him. Um, if you've never read any of his books, go read some. Um, but so this, this idea of this is a consequence of having an unforgiving heart. So if we have two trees, James, two trees on the screen would be good. Um, this is high quality PowerPoint stuff. And, oh, yeah. This was made at 6.24 this evening. Um, and so, <laughs> can you tell? So, um, the idea of two trees, and so if you get to um, autumn, let's go with apple trees, and you have two, two apple trees, and you go to pick fruit from them, and you find that one is covered in fruit, and the other one is bearing no fruit at all. And so you might make a conclusion from that, that um, the, the tree covered in fruit is healthy, the tree that has no fruit is less healthy for some reason. And it's not that the fruit has, is making that tree healthy, it's just the fruit is a symbol of what's going on inside the tree and whether that tree is healthy or not. And so um, applying the same idea to forgiveness, if we could see forgiveness as the fruit on that tree. And so the forgiveness is a symbol of what is going on inside our hearts. Um, and so when we go back to the parable, you see that the servant, what the, su- the suggestion of this idea is that the servant isn't put in jail because he didn't forgive, the servant um, is put in jail because his inability to forgive other people betrayed what was going on in his heart, and what was going on in his heart was going to lead him into jail. There's a difference there between, it wasn't the the fact he couldn't forgive, it's the fact that he hadn't, that the fact he couldn't forgive betrayed the fact he never really accepted the grace he'd received in the first place. And so um, he, he, he's, so he's, he's been forgiven by this king, and this king um, has forgiven him an enormous debt that he could never afford to repay. But yet somehow he's missed the point and somehow believes that he still has earned this forgiveness, he still deserved to be forgiven. So then when servant one encounters servant two, servant one's attitude is, I am superior to you, I earned my forgiveness, I'm better than you, and so, so now I have a justifiable choice, am I going to forgive you or not? And so he's, he's so unaware of the grace he's received 
um, that he thinks this is a choice. And therefore, the king is furious because this first servant has simply missed the point of the grace completely and his heart is in the wrong place. And so I think often um, outside of church and maybe inside of church, we would think of forgiveness as somehow related to being kind. So I'm going to forgive you because I'm a kind person. And, and this is coming from me and my ability and how good I am as a person. Um, and instead, I think this parable and other places in the Bible would suggest that forgiveness comes from an identity. And so when you um, have truly understood the grace and the undeserved forgiveness that you have received from God, that you have fallen in love with a father who has loved you forever, when you've really experienced this in your life, really got this in your heart, that the only natural response from this is to want to pour out forgiveness on other people because by doing so, you are drawn closer to being like Jesus and you're pulled further away from being like Satan. And in moments when you choose not to forgive, you take a step away from Jesus and a step towards something else. So that is, that is a concept in there of this parable discussing having an unforgiving heart and the consequence of that. And another consequence, a less kind of meta, um, is that when we choose to hold on to anger, when we choose to hold on to resentment and feelings of bitterness to other people, we put ourselves in jail. Like this is, this is a reality like you could go kind of biblical jail. You could just go mental jail. You are, you are allowing the anger to take control of yourself. And I think, like, I'm not going to be patronizing. I think we all would recognize that when you can't forgive someone, there's real bitterness there and it really hurts. Um, and there's kind of various analogies you might have heard. One is like you drink poison and wait for the other person to die. Um, or you have this burning coal in your hand waiting to cause pain for someone. And meanwhile, you're just burning your hand. Um, and so analogies like that. Um, and as I've been trying to really kind of preparing for this talk, I acknowledged I have some blind spots on forgiveness, some lack of experience. And so I've been trying to learn from other people's life experience. Um, and so listening to different podcasts, listening to different documentaries. Um, and one guy um, on the BBC, uh, there was one called Forgiving the, Unfor- Forgiving the Unforgivable by Humza Arshad, who is a Pakistani comedian. Um, uh, James, I think there's a picture of on a picture of him on a slide. Um, yeah, this guy. And so um, this documentary is about Humza, who is the top picture, and his cousin in the bucket hat on the bottom. Um, and his cousin, something like ten years ago, was attacked by a group of youths in London and stabbed and almost killed. Um, and it's a fairly unrelatable story. And I've tried to avoid including stories like this because although they're inspiring, how do I apply that to my life? Um, But what's really interesting in this documentary is Humza's attitude to forgiveness and how he tracks through and he wants to reach a point where he can forgive these attackers. Um, And the interesting dynamic is that the cousin who was actually attacked has forgiven the attackers and yet Humza feels somehow responsible that he allowed the attack to happen and so he hasn't forgiven them. And so you watch his journey and he starts from a point of what is the point in forgiveness? Because I'm, le- I'm leaving the judgment to God, why am I not leaving the forgiveness to God as well? Why, why is forgiveness my issue? And then partway through, you see him get to a point where he says, he's having a real crisis. Someone's just challenged him quite deeply on something and he calls his cousin and says, actually, I want to stop this whole TV show thing. This is not fun anymore because people have dredged up some emotions that he doesn't want to deal with and he's like, actually, I was fine before we started this process and I would rather if we just kind of 
uh, forgot about it and moved on and we'll leave the past in the past. I don't need to forgive. But then as you're watching it, you're like, how can you leave the past in the past if you can't forgive them? Like, you've just said a sentence that doesn't make sense. Because as you watch this guy, you see that his whole family have managed to forgive these attackers and move on. And yet Humza is, is stuck in this anger. He is stuck in the past. Um, and he is being controlled by, an ang in, by the anger in a way that he fails to recognize for most of this show. Um, but it is, it is damaging him. It's damaging himself. It's damaging his relationships. Um, and he hasn't realized that he cannot move on from the past until he's managed to get to a point of forgiveness. Um, and so one of my messages tonight is just that forgiveness brings freedom. Real, real freedom. That two aspects to it of Jesus's forgiveness for us gives us freedom. And then us on a human level, when we manage to reach a point where we can forgive, we are given freedom from the anger and the resentment. That we can let go of all that. And instead of being tied to the past by a burden that we carry every single day, we can step into the freedom of the present moment that Jesus has promised and live the fullness of life. And so question number one to discuss for a bit would be, uh, what is your experience of forgiveness? Has forgiveness given you freedom in your life? We'll take about five minutes. Chat to some people. Okay, bringing it back in. Hope there's been some good sharing there, good discussion. So, moving on from that a little bit, um, I've kind of covered a bit of the why we should forgive. Um, and I'm now planning to go a bit more down the route of how do we forgive, what is forgiveness, stuff like that. Um, and so I've just realized I forgot to put something on a slide, so I'm going to have to read it out. Um, but I recognize there's a range of people in this room um, from people who perhaps at the moment really are holding um, deep unresolved pain around forgiveness um, to um, people who might just have, on a daily basis, people they interact with who are, make them angry and annoyed and you hold a grudge against them. Um, it could actually be that it is the unforgiveness aspect is yourself. Um, there's, it's not other people forgiving you, it's you forgiving yourself for something you've done to someone else. Um, or it could be that you're genuinely at the moment not in a particular position where there's anyone that you really, where forgiveness is an issue either for yourself or for that person. Um, and all of those um, are fine. And I just, there is, there's an, a kind of, there's just a reality that we're, we're all on a spectrum here. Um, and as I've been reading different bits and pieces about forgiveness, um, there's lots of different ideas around what, is, what actually is forgiveness. Um, and I'm not a fan of definitions for the sake of it, but I think these do kind of add something to um, our understanding of forgiveness. Um, and I'm really sorry, they're not on a screen to read. They were supposed to be and I forgot. Um, so just three, three kind of ideas around what is forgiveness. Um, number one being um, a deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance against someone who's harmed you, regardless of whether they actually deserve your forgiveness. Forgiveness does not mean forgetting or letting them off. So something in there about deliberate decision, um, something about... Um, regardless of whether they deserve it, and it doesn't mean there's no consequences. Those three ideas in there. Um, the next one is um, a bit more human. Forgiveness is not forgiving the act. It is forgiving the imperfections that are inherent within all of us. Humans are more than the worst thing that they have done. And then the last one is just real. Forgiveness means I can continue functioning as a mum, a wife, and a friend. Without forgiveness, I couldn't do this. 
I think all of those, they, they start to kind of tap into the breadth and the depth of what forgiveness actually does in our lives, um, that we need it all the time. Um, and so uh, when we're thinking about how do we actually forgive, I'm going to go to verse 27 in the passage we've just read, if you're following it along in a Bible or something. Um, and it says the king, when he's talking about the servant, the first time when the servant needs forgiving, um, and the king says that, um, sorry, the king doesn't say anything. It says the king took pity on him, cancelled the debt, and let him go. And so that is what um, we're going to go for on the screen. And there should be a slide, James, with those three just on it. Um, but um, instead of take pity, um, we're going to learn from this in terms of how do we forgive people, but um, the idea of taking pity on people who've wronged you um, didn't sit quite right. It sounds a bit like gaslighting, and so um, I could, there's other translations that go closer to having compassion for them, and so we're going for that. So, had compassion, cancelled the debt, and let them go. So, let's go one by one through those. Um, so, have compassion. This is one that... Um, even secular experts on forgiveness, often this is something that they talk about, of building an understanding of the person who has wronged you. Um, and it appears that quite often when you're um, listening to the stories of like extreme forgiveness, where people have had to forgive horrific things in their lives, that the ones who manage to reach a place of forgiveness are often the ones who've managed to understand why someone did this act in the first place. Um, so it is a really important one. Although it feels a kind of, why would I want to do this? there does appear to be real value in it. Um, and so this is about understanding the background and the context of why someone has done whatever they've done to you. And so really trying to take them from um, just an act and build an image of this is a person and this is their story and this is why they are the way they are and this is why they did what they did. Um, because our, our, our instinct when we've been wronged is to accent all the flaws and all the differences between that person and us. And so we need to force ourselves to see that how similar we are to that person. That actually, instead of all these differences that stand out, we're actually really similar. We've got so much in common with this person in front of us. We are all people who just inherently are flawed. And particularly when we're holding anger, we turn this, this human in front of us and we turn it into a one-dimensional single point that we focus all our anger on. So simple of exa simple example of a liar, but someone who's lied to you, they just become a liar. And anything about them, oh, they're just a liar. They're a liar. They do this, oh, they're a liar. All the time they lie. Um, and yet, like, if someone asked you, why do you lie or do you lie, you'd be like, yeah, and I lie because sometimes it's easier than telling the truth or sometimes I don't want to hurt someone or sometimes I'm tired. So many reasons, but yet the other person, oh, they're just a liar. And this, this same idea that we turn them people into one-dimensional just caricatures of their worst faults and we ignore everything else about them. And the challenge of having compassion on them is to recognize they're humans with imperfections. God created them. They have value. And when we want to say, I am nothing like that, I would never do that about that person, um, trying to head towards a point where we can say, you know what, I am exactly like that person. I'm just like that person as well, even if I wouldn't have done the same thing. So that's number one. Number two, cancel the debt. So um, whenever someone has wronged you, there is a debt involved. In the same way of money and cost and someone owing you money, someone owes you something. And Maybe it's an opportunity you missed out on. Maybe it's you've been hurt by an experience, a relationship that's now broken. There's a cost involved here. And 
um, there's real damage that, that needs to be repaired and fixed. And so in the, in the sense of there being a debt, you want them to repay the debt. Um, and so um, I think all of us at times have found ourselves wishing that someone who's hurt us wishing for bad things to happen to that person and so whether it comes through our own our own direct actions or just life happening when we see this person suffering something inside us is like this is good they deserve to suffer and then once they reach this level of yeah they've suffered enough now they've repaid the debt like there's a real feeling of you are paying and paying and paying and then ding you've paid this debt and now that is a debt paid off um, and cancelling the debt, like it says on the screen, it doesn't mean the debt disappears. So if you decide that the person who wronged you isn't going to pay the debt, then you are paying the debt instead. And in terms of what paying a debt looks like in terms of like forgiveness, it's going to hurt for you to cancel this debt. Because the reality is you want this person to pay, and there is going to be the turmoil inside of, why am I taking this debt on myself? Why am I suffering for this? when this other person should be paying. They're the one who did wrong. Why do I have anything that I need to pay for? Um, and as you go through this process of hurt, there's the kind of the feeling of why, why, why am I doing this? And the reason is because eventually you'll reach a point where you have the freedom from this anger. The freedom is coming. And so part of that process is the pain of canceling the debt. And then the last one, let them go. And at the moment, this is the one that I would say I'm finding the hardest. Um, there is... Uh, someone in my life who I will call Dan, um, sorry Dan Jordan, it is not you, um, and um, yeah, so there, there's kind of a while ago, um, this person called Dan um, really treated someone in my family very badly at a point when this, per when this family member was suffering and just needed some support and care, and instead Dan just, just treated them horrifically, made their suffering worse, made me and my family suffer as a result. And I've held this grudge for quite a few years now. Um, and I kind of, as I've been preparing this, I've been forced to face the fact this is a grudge I shouldn't be holding. Um, and it's kind of, as I've, as I've worked through the steps of this, I would recognize that um, for a while, I've really wanted this person to suffer a lot. And so I have held this and held it and held it, like the, holding the burning coal until eventually you can hurt them with it. Um, and I kind of, at some point in the future, I've wanted to finally get the chance to explain to this person how much they have hurt me, how much they've made me and my family suffer. I want Dan to really feel the pain that I felt, like step by step, to, to deeply feel it. Um, and absolutely not wanted to forgive them for it. And, but now, kind of, I've reached a point where I know enough of Dan's background that I no longer actually want them to suffer for this. There's kind of a feeling of, I haven't forgiven you, but I, I understand your thought processes. I understand why you're in a position that you've done this. And so um, I have the motivation that I want to forgive this. So the compassion aspect, I feel like I've, I've passed this stage. And then the cancelling the debt aspect, I feel I'm getting there. But the letting, letting them go is the one that I'm really stuck on. Because once I've let them go, it feels like, but I've lost that control. I can never kind of wind it back and at some point in the future be like, yeah, but actually, like a point of, I would like to half forgive them, but still maintain the but if I want to make them suffer in the future, I can. And there's just, there's not really forgiveness. You can't have both. That once you've had the compassion and cancelled the debt, you really have got to let them go. Um, and there's pain in that too. Um, and again, it's, it's kind of 
but knowing what the why you're forgiving them, what it's going to do for you um, in terms of getting rid of the anger. Um, because it will allow us to step into the freedom. I said this before, but step. Uh, Jesus has promised us like life to the full, and forgiveness is a way of stepping into that. So those, those are the three aspects of forgiveness. But then how do we go beyond forgiveness? Because it's one thing to forgive. That is far from restoring a broken relationship. Um, and I don't have much time to go massively into this one. Um, but I'm just going to go back uh, to the start of the passage. Um, because it's all very well to forgive someone. But ultimately, if this person still carries on hurting other people, something needs to happen there because the damage can't carry on. Um, and people who are continuing to hurt that we're not just forgetting about it and just letting this person go with what they want um, so James if we could have the start of the passage up again talking about um, going to people face to face to confront them etc yes so um, this is a great little passage um, and the teaching in it in some ways is really simple because it says um, well, it says that um, passive aggression is not the way to deal with things, which is sad news because I would love to avoid confrontation at every opportunity. And the passive aggressive post-it note on the fridge that says like rubbish goes in the bin, not on the table, like that kind of thing is, is not Jesus's way of dealing with stuff. Um, and so um, I would personally love to avoid this passage completely, but it's the hel- it is a healthy thing to do if it's done correctly. And so Jesus says, first part, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you've won them over. So this is part one. And so Jesus is saying, if you have an issue with someone, don't let it be an unspoken thing that just grows and grows and rumbles on to the point where your relationship has just pulled apart and it's unredeemable. And instead... Go to this person one-on-one. Don't go to a whole group of people and call them out in front of them. Go to this person one-on-one and say, hey, have we got an issue here? Because you said this and it sounded like you meant me and you meant this. And can we do something about this? Because I want to fix this relationship. And so you go, you go just the two of you. And the aim of this is you're not going because you want to fight. You're not going because you are the superior person and you want to just highlight, you know what, mate, you did this wrong and you're bad and so what, see you later. The point is, this is a relationship that you value and you want to get it back. You are trying to heal this. And so you don't go in with an attitude of, I'm right, you're wrong, or this is an argument I need to win. The attitude is um, humility and gentleness and being kind um, with a genuine heart for, I want you back as a friend, or I want you back um, in some other relationship, and I, I, we need to do this together. And then the second part, if we move on one slide, James, oh no, we're already there, that's fine. Um, but if they will not listen, take one or two others along, so that every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. And so this just takes it a bit further, um, and kind of, if you want to follow this literally, the idea that... Um, if, if between the two of you, you can't sort out, your, sort out your issue and get rid of the mess, then get some other people involved who you trust. And again, this is not turning it into a big situation. This is people who you trust to keep this between you and get them involved. And not, not to necessarily just be on your side and prove the other person's wrong, but have them more as mediators to um, where their, their role in this situation is to pull the two of you together. They're not trying to win or lose or prove someone's wrong. All of this is about restoring a relationship that matters. Um, 
and yeah, the aim in all this is restoration. And so uh, a couple more questions to discuss, um, which are just more related to the whole talk. But does your attitude to forgiveness line up with the grace of forgiveness you've received from Jesus? And are you holding on to unforgiveness? Thank you very much, everyone. Oh, so nice. On a Friday evening, I have to fight for the attention of a room. It would never go silent like that. It's wonderful. <laughs> it's amazing. So I hope those questions have been thought-provoking and challenging. Um, I certainly find it tough to answer, answer those. Um, and so I'm just, we're just going to like, this is kind of the end of the talk, really. So I'm going to invite the band to come back up. Um, and I'm just going to give us a bit of space and time um, to respond to these questions and to respond to anything else around forgiveness. Um, so it might be the idea that forgiveness brings freedom. Jesus has given an immense freedom through his forgiveness. And then also through us being able to let go of the anger and the, the resentment, we receive forgive, We receive freedom, sorry. Um, I also felt it was worth saying something around forgiveness doesn't always start as an emotion of, I feel like I want to forgive you. Sometimes it starts as a discipline of, I know I need to forgive you. And so you say, you just, every day you wake up and say, I'm going to forgive you. And like a week later, you still have made no progress. But it's a discipline that gradually builds into something more. Uh, and the title of the TV show that I talked about with Humza Arshadin was called Forgiving the Unforgivable. And I think that is really... Um, just like the core of what um, some of this stuff is about. That ultimately, there are people in our lives and actions in our lives that we can't forgive. We've reached a point where I just cannot forgive this person. And yet, when we invite the Holy Spirit in and we invite Jesus in, the unforgivable becomes forgivable. And that something changes and that we are able to reach a point where we can forgive that stuff. Um, and that also, Jesus is in the business, this is a quote from Mike Pilavachi, Jesus is in the business of loving broken people into wholeness. All of that, he is on our side. So if we could all stand, we're going to go back into worship soon. Um, and I would just encourage you for a moment, we're just going to take some stillness here, just to reflect in whatever way we need to on this message around forgiveness. Maybe there are probably, I mean, for everyone, there are people we're holding unforgiveness against. It might be people where you feel totally unable to forgive that person. And so it could be a case of tonight, you're going to make no progress forgiving them, but you just need to bring Jesus a name. This is someone, Jesus, that I cannot forgive. There is no way that I can forgive this person for what I've done. And yet I need to or I want to. So Jesus, please help me to forgive this person. It could be yourself that you have done something that you resent and you have not forgiven yourself for it. Even if others have forgiven you for it, you hate yourself for the fact you did that. And that tonight is a great opportunity to come to Jesus and say, Jesus, please help me. I want to understand the forgiveness that you've given to me and I want to feel free of this. And then it could be anything else around forgiveness that you feel there is a weight that you carry every single day because there is someone that hasn't forgiven you or someone that you can't forgive. And that tonight, Jesus is here to help you let go of that anger and resentment and to step into a new freedom, to leave the past and come into the present. Because he's in the business of loving broken people into wholeness.